boy. <laughs> this is episode eight of season two of the Rap Writers Show. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, this is Dan. I'm here with Eric, Reed, Manny, and our special guest for the evening. Hi, world. It's Adele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did I did I tell you guys that eight is actually my lucky number? Nice. Eight. So oh, it's it's the perfect. stars aligning. Nice. The star is born and aligning. Oh. <laughs> See, Dan knew what movie I saw tonight. That's so exciting. Uh, the theme of today's episode is Bradley Cooper. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am so prepared then. Um, Adele, tell us your last name just so the world knows who you are. Platon. Cool. Like platonic without the ick. Mm. Oh, that's good. And um, then I make people remember how to spell my first name by saying two L's, no Grammys yet. Nice. You got like a <laughs> that phrase for everything. That is awesome. <laughs> See? My name sucks. Gotta <laughs> 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 um, come up with a catchphrase, guys. <laughs> so you saw Stars Born today, which is exciting. Um, but let's take it back first <laughs> to earlier in your career. What a Let's fail down the emotions. <laughs> earlier in your life. Um, <laughs> From when a star was born, aka on August fifth, nineteen eighty nine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so tell us. So you worked at Vibe magazine originally. You worked with some great people: Jermaine Hall, Dayton Thomas, Clover Hope, JFK, some guy named Eric. Some guy named Eric. D. Nice. Famous, That's where we famously met. Famously behind Deep Mikey. Thoughts. <laughs> what a squad! That I is, know. That stacked. is like a power dream, dream team. Right Seriously. So tell us about that early experience. Was that your first experience in hip hop? And music writing and, and what was that like as sort of the entree? Absolutely. Um, you know, for a couple of months before that, I had dreams of becoming like the next Ann Curry. So I was definitely dealing with hard news primarily in all of my internships, but also a little bit of the entertainment industry because I interned for New York One News, Rachel Ray Show, ABC News, NBC News. But I always wanted to work in music. I just felt like that was that was my calling. And so halfway through doing um an overnight gig at Good Morning America in the booking department, I was like, you know what, let me just try and uh, apply for this Vibe internship. I think it was actually looking through um, one of the issues where, where Kelly Rowland was on the cover um, back when there was print, never forget. Mm, and uh, I just fell in love with the team and what I got to do every single day, you know, even if it was aggregating news posts, writing about music videos getting to talk to the musicians that I listened to on my iPod because I had an iPod back then. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely a dream come true. And I worked my way up from intern to uh, news assistant to associate editor, edi editor, sorry, and then news editor. Mm. So I was there for like four years. Wow. Yeah. And so you guys met there. What were you, were you also interning, Eric? Yeah, I, I interned, but I, I didn't like work there full time. But yeah, we met while I was interning. Nice. Did that feel like sort of like a captured moment or like a, like what you dreamed music writing was supposed to be like or, or what it was like or, or were you just like, this is dope and I'm not thinking about the context of it all? I mean, I had no, I had nobody that was in the hip hop journalism uh, game to really talk to about what it was like. So I kind of went in like starry eyed thinking, oh, this is the best thing ever. I remember Eric and I had to work on it. Like our internship class had to work on an intern magazine. That yeah, was our that was assignment. We literally stayed in the office that was infested with rats, smelled like weed. <laughs> and this was Harlem. This is the Harlem vibe office. And uh, we stayed up all night just cranking out a magazine and it felt so cool to be doing what our idols did like JFK, like Clover, like Tracy G, like Daytuan, like Jermaine. Um, so we loved grinding. 
Mm. Awesome. Do you guys remember your first internships that felt like, I know you interned XXL. Yeah. Did it also feel like something that was the beginning of the career? It was amazing, yeah. That's in summer 2010, um, I XXL. It was me and a couple of people, and um, it was the best one of the best summer of my life. I'm just like, wow, like stuff that I used to buy and hang up in my room, I'm actually working for and writing stuff, and my name is on the site. So it was like super cool and see some of the writers that I idolize honestly just be like whoa man look at this guy that i read about all the time and did you intern with rob Markman was there yeah and rob was there who else was there it was rob vanessa was editor-in-chief it was uh t as managing editor it was um the homie at bt now shoot i forgot his name um but it was it was it was a solid it was a solid solid people um and there was a bunch of people who are some are still in the industry some are not but yeah, it was just great to learn from him. That's it. But yeah, mainly that's how I met Rob. He was um he was the I think the news editor there. Yeah. Um, I think my first internship was in Portland. It was at All Weekly there, and um, yeah, I was the only person there that was covering hip hop in the city because most people covered indie rock. And um, uh, Willamette Week? Week. Yeah, shouts out to Willamette Week. Matthew uh, Singer, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, it was great. It was like an amazing summer. It was a summer also. And I remember I was getting advances on albums and I was writing about music and seeing my name in print for the first time. First bylines, which was really special. Um, and then I remember taking the albums and taking them home and listening to them and um, going to the beach and stuff and, and listening to them. So um, yeah, and then I moved to New York and worked, at that, worked as an assistant editor at XXL. Which was cool, which is where I met all you guys. Yeah. Right. Were you in your first interview Troy Avenue? <laughs> yeah. I interviewed the weirdest wow. people at Delexel. I interviewed like Lord Jamar like twice. <laughs> back to I, back. Worked, I had a conversation with Lord Jamar about Same Love by Macklemore. Oh no. That's oh, what man. we talked He's like, about. Fuck that. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the most heated interview I did. Um who else? It was like Trinidad James, Lord Jamar, Troy Av, and then yeah, Kevin Gates once I think, but it was I was not the one interviewing <laughs> <laughs> like big name artists at all. Word, <laughs> um, Adele. So after you left Vibe, uh, you spent four years at this place, and then what's the decision like to to move on from there? And and what did you like take from it that that you kind of carried with you after? I think it was uh, the fact that I had reached a ceiling. I had learned everything that I could have possibly done. I started Vibes Twitter. Um, so I was doing social media. I was also, um, you know, fostering a relationship with the NFL and NBA. So we were really ramping up our sports coverage. Nice. Um, you know, just trying to make these different types of uh, content work. Um, you know, I also did this uh, amazing uh, Women's uh, History Month package, like, you know, Things that were beyond hip hop, it's still culturally relevant. Um, I was also doing on camera work. So that was something that I fell in love with. And I felt like I had learned every single role in the company, which was my goal. Um, so then when the opportunity to uh, pivot to Billboard uh, came along, I was like, you know what? As much as I love Vibe, um, it was time to grow my audience. You know, I had been so used to the hip hop world that I felt like I could still be, a, you know, provide a platform for voices that needed it, but on a wider scale. Mm -hmm. And you worked with Dan Rice for a yes. while. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Homie of the show who's never yes. been on the show. Danny Boy. <laughs> oh, my God. We got to get Rice. him on. Oh, yeah. man. He's also my birthday twin, and we launched Billboard Hip Hop together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh that's awesome. I didn't know that. 
Um, so when you're at Billboard, I mean, like, are you consciously thinking about these? It sounds like you were, but you're like, I want to expand my voice. I want to expand my brand. Or you just like, this seems like a cool opportunity and it is a bigger platform or, or how are you thinking about sort of how your career is unfolding at that point? Um, you know, I think it is a little bit of that, but also, uh, my barometer for, you know, taking on new opportunities is, does it scare the hell out of me? Mm -hmm. Um, because if it does, that means 99% of the time I should take it because then when you get comfortable, you just come to work and you're, you're doing the same things over and over again, not to say that you aren't working hard. Um, but the challenges aren't the same. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, when billboard came along, I just had to be, you know, on my shit all the time. Not to say that I wasn't at Vibe, but just like extra on my shit because everybody was watching. Um, and, you know, when I was breaking exclusives, like I saw those things go immediately as soon as it went out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, being able to have that opportunity, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for the time that I had there. I think something um, that's that comes to mind when listening to you is that um, did you feel scared not scared but did you feel like leaving vibe you're going you're leaving something because like i think what some writers have is if you've been in somewhere from for a long time you become loyal to that and become so like oh this is this is not my house it's hard to leave that and for yourself and be like hey you need you need to if you want to grow you got to go to this um did you felt that like man was it like a tough decision like did it tug on you i mean i feel like that whenever you know, I get a job anywhere because, you know, you build a family with the team that you work with um, every single day. Uh, you get accustomed to, uh, you know, publicists reaching out to you with certain requests because they know that you're the person who's going to get it done at that certain publication. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it didn't hurt that when I was at Vibe, I was getting press trips left and right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I felt like, man, I know when I go to Billboard, this is all going to stop. Um but at the same time, I had to do it for, you know, just the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was more about getting access to more people um, beyond uh, musicians um, and just really uh, being sure with myself that this was going to just advance my career. Mm-hmm. Right. I think about this a lot with athletes, but I feel like there's this kind of fallacy of like loyalty to an organization that's bigger than you which like if push came to shove if it was like 2008 and like they had to do layoffs like you would might be the first person so like i guess this is a question for everyone how do you think about loyalty when you're leaving a place that you do like build a family with but you're like for myself i need to look out for what i'm going to do next i mean i feel like i have to be realistic about certain things like yes i can be so attached to a company or to a brand um but at the end of the day i do realize the kind of you know, industry that we're in. It's always changing and you don't know if your spot in this game is not promised tomorrow. Right. And I always have to remind myself that every single day and that's why I never get comfortable. So um, it's not to say that I'm not loyal, you know, by working hard each and every day and giving my thousand percent daily. Mm-hmm. That is loyalty already. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I also have to remember that in this industry, nothing is promised. Do you guys think about this? Yeah, definitely. Just because... Um as an individual, you want to grow and challenge yourself and just be the best writer you could possibly be or obtain your dreams, to put it in simple terms. But then also when you add a company that you have, that you love, that you want to help that company become better. And so I think uh, it's always a toggle between the me and we, you know what I mean? I and we. So it's just um, a battle. But I always tell people, like, you should when you're there, like Adele said it best, when you're there, you're there. 
Like work hard, give everything you got. You're you're this company, representation of this company. However, you should be selfish. Like you should understand, like, okay, something just if something piques your interest, then look into it. And somebody tap you, then take a meeting. But you know, you just you you don't abandon ship of everything though. Because not all money all not all money's good money. So, you know. Uh, my love loyalty is usually to people, I think, at the companies mm. I work at, as opposed to the companies themselves. I think it's that because I've been laid off too many times. <laughs> 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 I think otherwise, I've just been like, But kinda... also looked out for by people. Yeah, yeah no, every place I've places. gone, it's, it's, I've always met people that I've ended up pretty much working with later on. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think this industry, it's so fickle and, like, shit changes so much that you always kind of have to be looking out for yourself, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have loyalty towards people, but like big media companies I've worked at and stuff. Um, I don't necessarily like feel anything towards, towards them. Like, <laughs> sure. mm. uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same case as Reed. I was also laid off at double XL, um, where I thought I was like living my dream job, you know, even maybe I was maybe overworked or underpaid, but at the end of the day, it was just like going to work and being happy to be there and like, you know, doing the thing you worked hard to do, you know, be in that, in that position. Um, I am kind of a person who's loyal, loyal to brands and the people just because, I don't know, you gotta have some sort of brand loyalty. <laughs> but these days I've, I've learned to, you know, do more things for myself. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> and shout out to you guys for, you know, talking about getting laid off because, you know, people like to hide those things and only show yeah. the highlight reel, but happens. you keep if it super you know, real. Right yeah. If you're in this industry long enough, it just happens. Just, yeah. like, right. totally. And you guys bounce back from it. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thinking about your most recent um, gig, you were at Title. You were the editor of culture and content. Such a clunky title. In yeah. R&B and hip-hop. <laughs> yes. Nice. And is there any more words? To <laughs> <laughs> I promise those are all the words. Okay. Um, well, so thinking about like aligning yourself with this brand again and also just about your experience there, title is like famously hated on by people as this thing that was like... And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went there. <laughs> well, well I, I guess two-part question, but like when that's happening and you guys are trying to get something off the ground of like content and editorial and things like that and also still prove yourself as like a viable streaming service how much do you align yourself with that brand and be like we're it's us against the world or are there moments of like are we gonna do what we set out to do and, and how do you go about that you know what's hilarious about this question is that my nickname at this job has been Tydell <laughs> so talk about really aligning with the brand, right? Um, I think that's what really attracted me to the opportunity. So here I am coming from Billboard, a hundred year old company to going to a startup that everybody's shitting on. Um, I thrive off of that, actually. I don't want everybody to have to love <laughs> everything. Um, but the fact that Tony Gervino was there, who was, you know, the EIC at uh, Billboard, um, but also worked for New York Times and Slam Magazine. And then, of course, you had Elliot Wilson there. I was like, you know, these are two dudes that I truly admire and have never gotten a chance to really work with. Um, on top of that, you know, they told me about this show called Side Hustle, um, which is a show that I host uh, where I talk to musicians about their non-music businesses. 
And, you know, being a person who has nice five hug. million jobs, I know, right? Title.com slash title hustle. Um, but as a person with five million jobs, I felt that, uh, you know, that was the show for me. Like I had really mm. wanted to do a lot of on-camera work. I wanted to, um, again, give a platform to artists, but in a different way by playlisting. Um, that's what I loved about Title too. that there's actual humans and no algorithms curating these playlists. Like whatever we fuck with, we're putting it on a playlist and it's based on our sequencing, the way we like to hear things. And I think people um, who use Tidal have been able to recognize that. Quick question. Do you have a Jazz Vibes playlist? Oh, we have a jazz <laughs> podcast. We definitely have a jazz, <laughs> we have some type of jazz pod, uh, well, playlist. I just don't know it off the top of my head. Damn. Put me on the spot. Shouts out to episode seven where we talked extensively about jazz vibes <laughs> <laughs> and my affinity for them. Uh, cool. So we're going to get into a song by her. Is that right? And then we'll get into yes. the main topic of the day. The song is Take You There. Oh, yeah. Read cool. This is you. Sorry. I love this song. Go ahead. Play it. <laughs> you go oh you know how I've been living without you daydreaming on a cloud with you like horizon with you till the night ends on an island yeah. it's about time we're making up the times you wasn't with me waking up Lying if I said I didn't miss your touch I need it too, I need it too Need it to distance myself from you Oh, just to know you are the truth So come closer, won't you? Won't you? Can I tell you something for what it's worth? With you, heaven is a place on earth And I will take you feels enough guys <laughs> i'm just going deeper in the feels <laughs> all right there. um so our main topic of the day kind of transitions seamlessly from our last conversation which is about how music writers and people in the industry pivot in various ways in their careers mm -hmm. 
Um, and I guess maybe we can all go around the room of how we've done this, if we haven't done this, and sort of how the industry's changed in the last few years. That's like kind of forced everyone to pivot in some way or the other. Pivot! Pivot! <laughs> Shout pivot. out Ross Geller. Yes! Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pivot. <laughs> Shout out to the couch. <laughs> um, and then we'll talk to Adele about um, whatever she wants to talk about. Uh, so it's Eric, you are famously someone that is super pivots. into writing. Like you're in that shit. You love to blog, you love to write, you love to interview people, you love to profile. And you're famously anti-pivot. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you sort of watch everyone else around you as they're like trying other shit? And, and how do you think about that? Uh, it gives me a lot of anxiety, first of all. Uh, but second of all, <laughs> That's real. Um, I, 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 it just goes back to like you, you went to school for something. Like for me, I went to school for journalism. And I just saw a lot of journalists who went, um, who were, you know, from like my class pivot to marketing to publicity there's one girl that was a journalist like a very good journalist and now she does like script writing um she's like writing a movie uh you know just all those things are great pivots um but i don't know there's like a part of, there's like a part of me but a part of me just like still thinks that i can like make it as like a great writer as like a, a exceptional journalist but my bank account is telling me something different. <laughs> so, Preach. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Like, so you know, does that make you think like, I got to pivot eventually? Or like fuck oh, all yeah, these I, other people that are pivoting or, or what? I think I'm, I'm at a point in just myself and in, in my career that I, I do need to think about like, what else do I want to do in this culture? In this, in this, you know, genre. This platform that's been given to me through, you know, my re reputation and, and sort of just like the stepping stones, you know, from XXL to BET to Complex. Like, what can I do now with this? Maybe if it's not writing, then, then it has to be something else that still contributes to moving this forward, you know what I mean? Sure. That's also informed by your past. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of, I've gotten more into video work through necessity, um, just like what Eric's talking about. I wasn't making enough money wasn't getting like uh steady jobs um like i'd hoped so new york new york's crazy man it's like you're around <laughs> um talented people and like uh -huh. if um you're willing to to learn they'll take you with them so uh -huh. kind of that was kind of with dan dan was working on a complex show the blueprint and he brought me along to work on it and so ever since then i've been trying to get more and more video stuff so um been going down and because of my past as a music journalist the video stuff has been in the music music realm which has been really cool it's just like another way to tell stories mm -hmm. um in that in that way can you like talk about do you can you talk about like learning this video stuff like did you already know it already or no not not at all like i'm pretty like overwhelmed usually when i'm on shoots uh, because i'm learning on the fly but um yeah i'm just trying to um soak it all in and just um learn as i go um and yeah i'm doing my first music video in two weeks yeah. so, can we get a sound effect That's right? a <laughs> 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 for saba yeah, for saba, yeah. Um, oh that's dope so shout yeah, it's to coming together and mm -hmm. yeah. shout out to Rory. And it's all yeah. I knew we know the manager. Um, shout out to Rory. He listens to this show sometimes. I think so. 
it's all in the circle and like um yeah they were they were looking for a director who uh is just like willing to to work with them that isn't like stubborn and stuff and that's that's what's cool about being new to something is that you can you don't have to have as many like rules to it kind of mm -hmm. like you can just be you can be open about it and you can also just be like cheap kind of too yeah. like lower price so you would oh, be like oh if you let you me do this do i'll do thing. it so you're, you're trying to get it for experience so mm -hmm. that's um yeah trying to do that more totally mm -hmm. and do you think about like mid pivot you're like <laughs> oh, <laughs> i wish we had a counter Acti actively <laughs> no, are you like i'm doing it or like i'm not fully doing it because you still write and shit too yeah yeah um sometimes i like i i think i'm uh oh i'm just worried that i'm not going to be able to get there kind of like i did a shoot last weekend and it failed it was like a none of it worked really and i think i have to pay for it out of my own pocket and so it's like one step forward two steps back kind of thing but i think um yeah just sticking with it and um things like this like the sabo video mm. they give me hope that it's going to work out in the end right it's all part of the journey Manny, you do a lot of shit. You throw parties. You yeah, host. you're an influencer. Many podcasts. You're an influencer. So, how do you sort of balance all these things and and make sure it's through like the lens of what you want it to be? Um, hmm, it's just I don't. It's like a lot of. So I'm a person of routine, so I think that would helps me a lot. So, um, I have a you know I wake up at seven, do this at seven fifteen, out the door at eight, such and such, making to do list at eight thirty. So that's something that helps me a lot. Um, sometimes I may not, I may not as disciplined, but I've been, I try to be as best as can. And I have, I write down everything. So anything that inspires me or, to, or I want to do, I write it down and I think of a plan how to do it. Um, and the biggest thing for me over my couple of years that I've been in the music industry is just um, I'm really into um, experience. Like I'm into how, a music or a song or a feeling or something makes you feel you know, within the music industry. Cause I think that's what drew me into music. And that's why I listen to like a wide range of music is because it's able to tap into something um, that just makes me feel alive and so, or makes me feel something or com compliment something. Um, and so through that passion, I've just been able to one throw events so that's like brunch battle and that all happened because i was in the living room with my friend and me and my boy we were both um, watching these two dudes like literally battle each other with like you play a song i play a song let's keep the vibe going and he looked at me and was like yo we can well we make this an event and i'm just like fuck we definitely can we always thought about doing something for a daytime thing why not just do it um and so we asked my other boy to host, and then we went to my boy's roof and was like, hey, you think we want to do this? And then, boom, Brunch Battle was born, and that became like a little Brooklyn thing in which, we st which we're going to start back up again because we had to take a break. Um, and then I'm always interested in uh, listening to people and hearing their story. And so I'm like, a couple years ago we started this, but I had to stop because of, you know, work-wise. <laughs> and, and so um through that uh we came i'm glad we came back and then started another podcast at another place and then i just like listening to people and freaking learning how they got to where they came from i like listening to journeys and then the biggest thing i did was i helped put it together this festival which i can't name but yeah 
Um, it was really shout out to you. It was Fire a, Festival. That's right. It was yeah. a big <laughs> Fire Festival. It's Coachella. Going investigation. It's Coachella. We did, we did a knockoff Coachella. Festival. Coachella. Where we sell weed. Out of you. He knew it was fine. Yeah. So I helped do the music lineup for this, and that was like, and that was probably the the best thing I ever did. It was like I got to learn a lot of a lot of shit. I got to meet a lot of people and I got to look at how something comes together. And through that, I have a couple of things in the works that I'm like really trying to do. And so would you say that's like, what is that curator or like, what is there a name for that? I guess project manager, (laughs) project, project, (laughs) yeah. Project manager, I guess. Project it's development, also like creative directing. Yeah, and it's yeah. also like producing and it's, yeah, because it really was like I re- you really got to see how music is how shit fits, right? And so um, you can't just put everything together. Um, and it was like, man, like this is something I want to do. And so with that, it's just like a couple of ideas that you know. So it's all about passion to me. And then um, I'm very much passion first, and then the money comes. Just figure, just get it right the first time. We don't get it right, but put your best forward, best foot forward, and then okay. things will start coming. And so I just fu- just run to your passion, and then yeah. So Adele, you worked in editorial. You started from like the very low internship level, grew in that, and then worked at like a more historically known publication. Then worked at like a new title, which is like streaming service startup. And now, if you want to talk about where you're going, but are making a pivot almost out of the music industry entirely. And so how do you think about that? And like, does it feel like leaving it behind or does it feel like just an evolution of pivoting? <laughs> and like the ultimate <laughs> the pivot. I think the ultimate pivot is leaving the <laughs> industry entirely. <laughs> um, you know, just listening to all of our stories and even looking at my career, hip hop has been such a launching pad. And mm. it's in this industry that we're able to have multiple side hustles you know what i mean like i can't think of any other industry where we could have the opportunities that we get every single day um so i'm very grateful for that um i think for me it just comes from the fact that i'm always challenging myself um i just feel like you know whenever i feel like i've mastered something um i'm always looking for the next way to level up or to be able to tell a story in a different format um so now that i am actually going to be leaving title um, I am going to be working in the editorial department at Netflix. So I'm getting all the way sound up effects. out of music. I love Manny's man-made sound effects. Those are the best, actually. <laughs> um, but for me, you know, um, the person that I actually uh, interviewed with, he came from Apple Music. So... I feel like it's just the hustle that you get from this industry that mm-hmm. allows you to work in any other industry. Um, and that's that's invaluable experience. Uh, so, you know, I mean, even though it feels like I'm leaving, quote unquote, music, I'm actually not because I'm always going to be listening to music. I'm mm. always going to, you know, talk about it on Twitter. All the connections, even, you know, to the guys in this room right now, you got, like music just becomes a part of you. You don't necessarily leave it. Well put. Um, I'm not going to go deep into my experience, but I'm just going to say that. I'm very curious about it. You're the biggest pivoter. Yeah, you yeah, are. I know. You're the most, <laughs> we need to hear your you're pivot story. You're the biggest story. one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're Ross. <laughs> <laughs> you're literally Ross. You're the couch, actually. <laughs> um, I don't know. Rick Ross or like Ross Geller? You're Ross, Ross Geller. Geller. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Um, 
I'll what? take either one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I so I worked in editorial for a long time, and then I worked at Revolt, which was like a TV startup kind of vibe. And I just saw the opportunity. I was like, "There's no oversight. No one really is watching anything at all. And like, there's just kids with five Ds running around filming music videos. And if I could get into that, then like, that's just something different from my day to day, which is writing like." Lady Gaga released a new song or like Diddy is gonna maybe release an album one day (laughs) (laughs) and so I just saw that opportunity and started like writing treatments and started writing scripts and working on specials that like literally no one was like managing and then it would be on TV and I was like oh fuck that can happen that's really cool and then just made enough things that like then I went to MTV and I was like I can do this and they were like I guess you can like we you know we can see it and then just you You're know the funny guy <laughs> yeah i don't know just like blind <laughs> confidence i feel like just blind confidence saying you could do shit and then eventually you're doing it i think like all of you have said it's like you didn't know how to throw a festival you didn't know that you can work at netflix you didn't know that you can like make a music video but you just like do it and then you learn how to not do it and get better and better yeah something like that Make it till you make it right yeah um so what about writers who want to be artists Oop. <laughs> <laughs> um is that something that you are still thinking about because you and alexa are, ah! have a I demo i was gonna bring this up um, <laughs> this is where i exit the interview this, <laughs> and it's you this, singing who's alexa this is a pivot i can't I, uh, I can't i can't say i can't pronounce her last name how do you pronounce her last name shania uh, okay um, <laughs> he's like i'm not gonna try so yeah i mean just sort of it, are do you feel like you're, you're gonna you know spread yourself too thin you know by <laughs> um great question um so wait do the rest of the guys know in this room about this demo no, I still don't it's only know. Wait, eric so you made an ep or, uh, <laughs> why no. are we not playing this fun fact no please don't play <laughs> um fun fact world premiere fun fact you can find me on debt piff but that's all i'm telling you anyways <laughs> this is completely <laughs> different from the demo um so my coworker and good friend alexa we work together at billboard and now we work together at title uh, she works on the digital team Uh, She has aspirations of being a songwriter, and uh, it's funny because back in the day, probably before I even, you know, embarked on this journey to become a writer, producer, content creator, I I wanted to sing. (laughs) Mm. And then another Adele became famous, Mm. and that kind of deterred me from it. But um, I don't know. I don't think it's in the plans to be an artist. I could, you know... The travel schedule already for shooting content is is crazy and it wears on my body and I can only imagine what touring is like. Um, I I wouldn't want to have to deal with the fame, constantly posting on social media. That's just not my MO. So for me, if there's ever an opportunity to songwrite, I would take it. But it's not about becoming a star in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Okay. Well, I got to throw it to, to Reed now. Because he's a rapper. Who is a producer. <laughs> Um, he's he's produced for uh, the Seattle rapper Soul. Um, he makes his own music too. Uh, what is it to you? Is it just like, you know, creative outlet, or are you really trying to be like this big producer that you're gonna get on a Fifty Cent record or some shit? Beats by Reed. Circa 2028. Question. Trying to be a Fifty Cent producer. Um, it's like a. It's totally a creative. Right now, it's more like a hobby, honestly, like at this point in life. Like when I was 20 
And I was producing for Saul and, the, and like rappers in Seattle and Portland and stuff. Um, I wanted to see where it would take me and everything. But I mean, I just loved hip hop. That's why like I wrote about it. Um, but I also wanted to try making it too. So um, some bangers, man. <laughs> some some bangers for for the college bros <laughs> and the release Paul, party. Paul said it really well, yeah. Paul Cantor, when he was on the show, when we listened to Shia LaBeouf's freestyle, he's like, everyone wanted to rap. And everyone did rap as a kid, whether it was like singing or, yeah. or R&B or writing or producing. It was like, when you're enamored with the culture, you just like want to make it. You want to be a part of it. And, mm. and that's, you engage with it. And I will say that old dreams never die. You just find new dreams to chase. Mm. Mm. Very nice. nice. What about music writing uh, kind of primes people for like all these pivots and all these amazing careers that they go on into? Like what about that sort of sets them up? And and I guess I'll start with myself where like I remember at XXL when we had like a beat and it was like literally A to D, any artist in that like thing. If mm -hmm. anything happens, you I have to write that. about it. Wait, oh, and, oh man, yeah, that's hilarious, actually. <laughs> and you were just, you were on like twenty hours a day. <laughs> like you were on like Twitter, and then just news and whatever, and just on. And so after that, literally everything in the world seemed easier <laughs> because I was like, if I could do that, I could probably do anything else. So mm -hmm. I don't know. That was it for me. It was like work ethic. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. Um, people skills. Um, you kind of have to be able to read personalities um, and find people where they are. Um, I feel like you get the best sound bites from people when you're able to relate to them, um, you know, and really do your research. That's another thing, too. Mm -hmm. um, and definitely work ethic. You know, writing hip hop is a 24 hour gig. Um, news breaks at any moment <laughs> of the day or night, and you just have to be prepared to yeah. get a statement call up a manager, get some type of content up. And that's very exhausting too, I will say. That was another reason why I had to pivot to title just because it was a different type of grind, right. but it wasn't that like constant, you know, chasing the right. news. Reacting, right. calling like Fulton mm -hmm. County, being like, why is Gucci right. Mane in jail now? Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. right. Yeah, I think um, accepting failure. Ooh, I like mm. that. Um, just because in your mind you think everything you do is going to be like a home run out of the gate and nine out of the 10 is probably not. Um, so just accepting like, Hey, this isn't good. Where can I get better? And um, starting from there, I think that would help. That helps me a lot because um, it just eliminates the fear of trying new things. Just, yeah, just be like, all right, let's just see where this goes and then take it from there. And is that like catching a bunch of L's in music writing that you like, if you yeah, to... like sometimes like shit that article sucks. This, yeah. I can write this better um, Sometimes is listening to someone and be like hey, this is what you did wrong and really listening and not just been taking it so personal um, Sometimes it's like ah oh, man that first event wasn't that good. Where can we improve? Wow, this script pretty shitty. Where can I get this? Where can I working tight it better? Um, that artist doesn't make sense for this. Where can I put him in in the right slot? It's just all that like it's just trying, like, cause um, I always tell people, like, you have to just try, and see it, where it goes from there, and then just learn from it, and then keep on going, because like, there's, that's the common thread between everyone that's successful, they all failed, so the people that's that's successful, they kept on going, and they learned, um, yeah. We try on a very like public stage too, because yeah. our articles are posted online and everything yeah. for readers, so. 
Like if I go back and read some of my articles from four or five years ago, it exactly. kills me. Exactly. Like, oh my God. Like, holy fuck. What the so, fuck was I thinking? Yeah. I think it's it's been like pretty nerve wracking in that sense, but it's also like made us probably work a little harder. Yeah. If you fail on the stage, if you get a, a quote wrong or something, you're going to hear about it heavy, especially right. with social media. So for me, that's yeah. like kind of been trial by fire. Yeah. For sure. On the flip side of that, though, always keep receipts. Mm. An interview oh, I did three always. years ago somehow caught fire <laughs> recently. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yes. the Nikki. It was the Steve Madden C. interview Madden. Right, oh, three years too. ago. Yeah, yeah. You just and, never and you know. you had to pull up, like, what, texts or emails or photos or something to, like, pr- yeah, I I literally took a screenshot um, that Fifty Cent actually posted of the <laughs> of 50. the the excerpt of where we spoke about a potential Nikki deal, uh, uh, Steve Madden and I, and then that the Barb's got a hold of that and <laughs> took off. Damn. Uh, Damn. Um, I was gonna say. Uh, so recently, Post Malone, the article that came out on the Washington Post. Oh, wait, you didn't answer the uh, question. Oh, for I what? Know. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> We're all going around. No, <laughs> seriously. Um, what about hip-hop writing kind of primes you for, like, the next chapter of your life, and, oh, and what do you think? Man, it's made me, like, an exceptionally hard worker. <laughs> Just, you, you guys, yes, you're right. I do have some weird love relationship with rap blogging, <laughs> and I've, I've, <laughs> I've worked every single shift you can think of, like, everyone. From holidays to the to nights to mornings, just constantly seeing when artists drop something, and that for what for whatever reason it still like excites me. Like tonight, like JID and J Cole are dropping a new song, and I wouldn't be online to to listen to it and talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just and I, I I guess if it's gonna prime me for something else, I think it would just make me more prepared if there's like an onslaught of like work that's piled on me i would be just more you know um it would be easier to organize i guess i don't know right um here's one maybe weird topic to ask in a public setting but uh, <laughs> what a setup <laughs> now i'm scared. money i think is a big thing Very and, <laughs> and i think Not as you get yes. older and in music writing as like there will always oh, yeah. be a 20-year-old kid that's down to go to a show for free mm-hmm. or take your job for cheaper or whatever. So Shoot, we were those 20-year-olds. Are you kidding sure. me? Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, for my part, I, as I got older, I was like, I want to do shit that's going to pay me better, that's going to let me live better because of a certain standard of living or, or whatever it is. And that might not be cool to say, but that was something that I thought about. So, like, do you guys think about this and, and how do you sort of go about that and rationalize that with, like, the passion? And I mean, you know... Uh... I come from a Filipino family where the only way you were going to make it was becoming a lawyer or pursuing a medical career. And I wanted neither of those. I mean, the closest thing I got to that was a psychology. It was being a psychology major my first year at college uh, at St. John's University. And I was like, as interesting as this is, I can't see me being happy being a psychologist. Um, So I had to reconcile, uh, especially explaining to my mother, um, that, you know, me not getting paid for seven months, even though I'm sitting down with some of the biggest artists or, you know, actors in the game, you know, it, it's making me happy, even if it's not making me money. Right. Um, and I just had to tell my mom to be patient. And and it's so real what you said, like you you reach a certain age after doing this for seven years now. You realize that you want to set yourself up for greatness. You want to have a house one day. These are real things that you think about as adults. Um, and, you know, doing things for free isn't going to keep the lights on. And right. 
you also realize that after you know clocking in a certain amount of time, certain amount of time in this industry, mm-hmm. you're worth something, mm-hmm. and you have to believe that, or else nobody else will. Hundred percent. Yeah. How do you guys think about that as you're in your positions and, and just thinking about your future? I'm still thinking about it right now. I mean, I really need to start thinking how you think. You know, just sort of plan your future a little better. Um, I don't know. I I've been sort of as a freelancer, there are month, there are years like you know where I've I've had more money than other years, you know, and now I'm just sort of thinking like, okay, if the money is not great, then you really need to set yourself up for the next five years because right now you're kind of shaky, you know what I mean? Like just talking to myself on some Issa Rae shit you know I mean? like, <laughs> in yeah. the mirror. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I think like. There's kind of two levels to to getting paid for your creativity. The first is like getting paid at all and how you're excited about it. And it's kind of a blessing. It's like how we felt when we were younger in our 20s. But the second level is actually like being able to make a living off it. And that's a whole different thing. And it's much more difficult. So um, I've always had it, or not all the time, but a lot of the time I've had a day job doing something else. Like right. I work at Gizmodo right now as my day job. That's out. Um, yeah, <laughs> doing kind of related stuff, but, um, and then I worked at Time Inc. doing custom content stuff for them. So I've always had to have a day job to propel the, the creative stuff on the side. And for a while I didn't have work at all. And like I was struggling big time and not making any money. And um, I think it's really difficult um, and it's really difficult to do without help. Like, I'll be completely transparent. I got money from my grandma's uh, inheritance to like keep me going for a while uh, yeah. when I didn't get work for like seven or eight months. Um, so it, there's some, I guess in that sense, some privilege that can even to help you get by. But it's really fucking hard to get by in the creative industry and mm-hmm. and um, actually make money for it to get to that next level. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, I remember when I, I used to work in D.C. and I used to work at a PR, press, like PR Newswire. So just editing press releases and I made, like, good money, especially out of college. And then I got a, a job at XXL, I got a job at XXL um, as, like, an assistant and it was, like, half my salary. And I remember my uncle did my taxes one year. He was like, how are you surviving? I'm like, honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. But uh, I got an apartment. Up the numbers, it doesn't add up. Yeah, I'm like, he's like, you got an apartment? I was like, yeah, I got an apartment in Brooklyn, bedside. You know, you just figure it out. Um, so a lot of it is just figuring out on the fly. You just like, hey, where can I make some extra money here? Yeah. Um, and like, and just figuring out how to save and spend better. And then I just trust the process. I just be like, look, if I do good work, and if I'm just smart and just nice to people, like that's my, and make smart moves, you'll be all right. And then eventually it got all right. right. Eventually I was able to make some money and make some decent money. Eventually I'll be able to make some side money just off of the projects that I've done. Yeah. Um, and just to, and to be good at your job. I just think like, I really, like I tell people like, look, like there's a lot of people who make a lot of money right now, but that shit not gonna last and they're gonna be gone. Like do your job. And perfect it and like get good at it and then somebody's gonna notice and then somebody's gonna get you and then be ready and be aggressive and take the job and um you'll you'll get the money just just do good fucking work um and i've been trust that idea and it's it helped me out and it's been it's been it's been going ever since preach yeah. 
Um, all right, let's get into our next segment of the show, which is Deep Thoughts. Yes, perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. Baby. Uh, can you set it up? I'm sorry, Adele. <laughs> oh, what? God, what is about what? to happen? Ominous. <laughs> we have not heard this yet, neither. So. Oh, Lord. Pun. A definition. A joke exploring the different possible meanings of a word or the fact that there are words that sound alike but have different meanings. I love puns. They are punderful. In hip-hop, it means lyrical wordplay. It means double entendres. It means witty bars. You want to write something that's so slick it goes over people's heads. You need to listen a few more times just to get it. And you know you won't get it, so you gotta double back and rewind it to hear it again. You should praise that one person you know who can execute these on the fly. You know who they are. It's that someone who has many, many puns in their arsenal, ready to go, and uses them in everyday conversation. Slack chats, Twitter, Instagram, text messages, on the phone, in letters, and FaceTime. You name the means of communication, they've big punned you. Resist any temptation to condemn them. They do not have a sickness, but a talent. A gift, if you will. Jay-Z is just one example of a rapper who can get off a few good lines. Ow! Hoes turn their heads like owls. I'm the man of the hour. Triple entendre, don't even ask me how. Con Edison flowing, I'm connected to a higher power. Bright lights will make your whole city light up. The chilling white light bulb when I'm in the nightclub. I just landed in that G450, caught that Mayweather fight because the satellite was crispy. Oops. Sorry. Blacked out for a second. Here's more punny puns from my favorite punster. Told my coworker I was starving because we were about to grab lunch after her meeting. To illustrate how loud my tummy was, I called the growling grumble rap. Dame Lillard is literally blazing a trail for athletes who want to make their rap careers a real thing. Coworker's cartoon donut keychain somehow only has one eye now. My response, Sweets is watching. Girls just want to have puns. When there's Adele, there's a way. And with that, I tip my hat off to the queen of puns, Adele. If we're talking side hustles, I'd be a DJ. My name, DJ Deep In It. Two ends. Get it? Deep? In it? Shout out to Toy. No Mattel. God, what wow. just happened? That was oh, bars. I, this is the second time I've cried tonight, guys. I'm just letting you know that. Kind of really more wild with it every what time. Uh, <laughs> DJ, um, do we need to start putting restrictions? <laughs> some, some guidelines? I think, yeah, we gotta um, pre screen your deep thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> you just said a whole Jay Z verse. I did. Um, <laughs> and I like the sorry I blacked out. I was yeah, like, ah, I nice. see what you did there. Because okay. Eric's now trying to pivot. To become uh, a rapper. Oh my god! I just signed Eric. <laughs> Five albums. I'm I'm speechless, y'all. I have no words. Adele, the, the queen fuck? of puns has what no puns anymore. Can you explain what the fuck just happened? I have a disease. <laughs> it's called I use too many puns. Mm. Um, so, so all those puns I read are yeah. hers. Yeah. Mm. Um, so if you read my writing, 
both past and present. I like to use a lot of puns. And uh, you can ask any coworker of mine, also both past and present. They get annoyed real quick <laughs> because it just flows out of me. And yet here I am after listening to Deep Thoughts. I have no puns to offer. <laughs> I'm all punned out. Nice. We're shocked. I'm shocked. Just as we all are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get into the next segment of the show. This is good or bad where we decide if a song is good or bad. We're going to start with uh, Adele's song. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know how to say this artist name. Neelam. Neelam. Yes. The song is I'll Be the King. Mm. I'll be the king and I'm going to slay. I'll be the king and I'm going to slay. I am a queen, yeah, I'm gonna slay. I'll be the king, and I'm gonna slay. Playing a game that you wanna play? I'll be the king. No, I don't show my body. All you do is do verbal. No, I'm not on display. Bentley's don't have commercials. Baby, you are rehearsal. He'll treat your ass like practice. Show you all that green and have you stuck like cactus. Now you caught in a trap. That's why they call it trapping. All he sees is a private. Homie, I am a captain. Throw you fast off the boat. And I'll laugh as you float. Little Peter is shook. Cause he ran in the hook. Read through you like a book. I can see through the lines. No, I don't get the picture. I don't like your design. I'll tell a nigga to raise up from out of the grave. Cause I'm more than a fling. And I know you a king. No, we can't date. Baby, we can't court. Yeah. I am the judge, yes, you are in court yeah. You forbidden like pork, I'm as sharp as a fork You trying to drop off a baby, you better go find a store Tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him if he wants me yeah. Then he better ask nice on one knee uh. I done came through bondage, now that I'm free I won't get stuck in a chain with another lane Going insane, cause he wore a chain Limit my range, cause he drove a range Playing the game because you wanna play? Nigga, I'll be the king, and I'm gonna slay Mm. Was that the Howling song? The Howling beat? Yeah. John Carpenter. Yeah, there you go. Good wow. job. Identified That's the sample. That's our critic. It was cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it got going. Once it got going, I liked it. Yeah. Um, and she's, she's got pretty good flow, I would say. So it was cool. Yeah, I don't really know this artist at all, but yeah, I liked, I liked it too. So she became poppin'. I actually discovered her um, on her Instagram account in July, I want to say. She did this freestyle over Jaden Smith's ghost, and Diddy posted it, Will Smith posted it, Erica Badu co-signed her. Um, she is a Los Angeles-based Muslim rapper who wears a hijab, and mm. I just think her flow is just so sick, um, and I can expect a lot of fire things to come from her in the future, for sure. That's dope. Yeah, the flow is sick, especially yeah, when the beat dropped and the energy. Weirdly, I was thinking about, it's fucking weird, I was thinking about Jaden Smith, and she was rapping. Wow. I don't know why. Interesting. Because <laughs> like, you energetic. might have seen the freestyle. Like, I don't know. But <laughs> shouts out Jaden Smith, Manny. Yeah, I think once the beat started, it was like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, this is cool. Um, Yeah, I'm interested. I'll definitely check out more of her stuff. Word. Uh, we're getting to, I think this is Reed's song, Black China. <laughs> no? Mommy. This is Eric's song. No. Uh, it has to be Eric. This yeah. is Black China featuring. It better be somebody. Definitely wasn't me. Black China featuring Yo Gotti and Jeremy. This is a song. Wait, hold a on a minute. This song called Deserve. Okay. Deserve us. No. These broke niggas don't 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 deserve us. No. These bro
Fuck you thought, think you about to hop about the whip and hop up in this pussy Talk that talk, but when it's time to pop up in, you hop up in, you shook Nothing better than them dollars, man, I fuck her more than your attire, man Sit mimosas with Madonna, man, fuck her faces like I'm Taliban It's too dark in here, don't make me pull up Alrighty then I've never, I've never heard Black China rap, was she, I didn't know she rapped I don't think she's ever rapped Okay. This is the debut Her first time, she sounds, okay, but no, I wasn't a big fan of the song. I, I usually like Jeremiah, but no, the song was not 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 it for me. I'd say I can't even troll out of this. I don't really like it either. Yeah. <laughs> She's just biting Nikki so hard. I do want to see if Nikki listens to it. Like, how is she going to react to it? Is she going to support it, or is she going to like beef with her? You know, I want to see if Tyga is going to listen mm. and support oh, right. it. <laughs> Low key to kind of talk about it during in our last Nikki Nikki did um, and ironically with Tyga in their last Queen radio episode and she was this? no not the song <laughs> but like women who just do rap for the sake of doing it right mm. and who are already popular okay Dude, this is this is it right here Black yeah. China and so yeah. that's what I'm saying they talked right. about it and then they're like they had to vehemently like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I they don't like it because right. like um. Like I said, it was like this is something that this is their passion yeah, first. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would so I would suggest definitely listen to that because that that pretty much answers the question. This sounds like in Love and Hip Hop when there's that like montage of like a producer and he's like, I'm working with a new artist, and then you go into the studio. Like this sounds like the song <laughs> <laughs> that they're making. <laughs> Adele, thoughts? Um, pass. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we're gonna get into my song, which is Swiss Beats, Something Dirty, featuring I think Kendrick. the Locks and, Ke and Kendrick. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. In the minutes, blood and flesh flew in the air. We put that work on commercial. We flew in the left. I hit the bar and the weights, then I'm doing the stairs. They say the Lord only knows what I do to my peers. Trying to smoke, sell juice, and pursue my career. So I keep a tight circle, I don't move with the squares. Rock a rugby like pool, but put two in your head. If you ain't qualified to kill, you should move to the rear. I'm from Yonkers, had to learn to conquer my fears. In the foreman, had to learn to conquer the gears. It's the kick drum, yeah, it's attached to the snare. I turn the gap to the back. It's, uh, it's dope. It's, it's giving what, giving the people what they want. Kind of. It's just like the locks um, going back and forth over a classic horn sample right. and, the, and a break. So it's dope. Um, and then Kendrick on there is pretty interesting on the hook. Yeah, it just kind of weaves into the hook. Yeah, a little bit. Just talk shit. Yeah, that's more so probably Kendrick being busy, like a mm. busy schedule than anything. But shouts out to Styles P for having this like second wind as a juice what? connoisseur. It's a dime bag album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like super funny on Twitter. He's putting out some great. And he also music yeah now. just dropped dime bag too. Yeah, and beloved, he's on fire. And listen, the locks. Anytime they're in the Barclays Center, I feel like people just go ape shit every time. They just have this way of sustaining their career mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. continue to bring the bars. Yeah, uh, the whole project, I love it. Poison. Um, yeah, I, I have to give it a deeper listen, but yeah, I like this song a lot. I thought this album was hella boring. 
Yeah, um, that's, oh, that's <laughs> you did say that, yeah. <laughs> so I, zon, I, zon, zon. I offered this shit up to the room just to see what you guys thought, but I thought the whole album was hella boring and nice. just hella predictable. Is that I don't your know. Spicy I gotta try to listen to it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I like the Nas it. song. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think everyone said everyone. That's all I've been saying. Oh, Nas, this is. The it wasn't game. anything new. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever. What did you think of though <laughs> with the song? Oh, I, well, I agree with you. I also really love the album, and this was one of the stronger joints on there for sure and then you representing yonkers and compton what's not to love yeah i'm i'm a huge locks fan so once i heard styles and jada going back and forth i was like i'm in <laughs> this is it <laughs> this is, i'm into this so yeah if i need to listen to the album though i gotta check it out all right uh we got into your song take off cookie <laughs> <laughs> oh so you ended up taking okay this is, this is uh, the song is called casper Small waist, pretty face, pretty. having my way, having, having. She let me nut on the face. Stay in your place, stay in your. Shut up and stay out the way. Shut up. Decided what I'm gonna do today. What? I'ma go ride the rave, ghost. I'ma go ride the rave. I wanna look at the stars today, ghost. I'ma go ride the rave, ghost. I'ma go ride the rave, ghost. I'ma go ride the rave. Like in my cup and that done today. I'ma go ride the rave, ghost. I'ma go ride the rave. Take off. I'ma go ride the rave. I'ma go ride like I'm from the bay. Bay. You better watch it, bay. Better up doing what Simon say. Say. They mad cause I caught the rave. Holy they look at my license plate. 12. They look at my jewelry when I hop out, start singing Amazing Grace. grace. The feast we eat before we jump in, my nigga, we gotta say grace. Got to. My grandma gone, but can't be replaced. Oh. Jenna, she paved the way. Jenna, I like the I like the beat. Um, that little electric flute or whatever that was, mm. which <laughs> Takeoff played himself, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it was a little paint by numbers, I think, for them. Um, I don't I didn't get to listen to that album at all, but I thought it was okay. Yeah, I didn't get to listen either. Uh, I didn't really like the beginning part of it. Um, it'll, it'll probably grow on me. I'm like right here right now. Sounded a lot better than I thought a takeoff solo song would. I'm kind of curious. I'm more curious about his shit than the Quavo album by far. Go that... for it, Manny. 100%. Because <laughs> I was like, man, I kind of know what to expect with Quavo. I was like, I don't know what the fuck to expect right. with Takeoff. Yeah. And even though Culture 2, they did feature him more. And I do, you listen to it like, oh, this guy, he's snapping. And yeah. so I felt like it was his moment, but just because he's so like reserved, people just didn't talk about it. Like I felt like for the beginning, it was, okay, this is Offset show right here, Offset yeah. coming out party totally. just because of the singles. But then when you got to the album, you're like, oh, no, this dude take off is, is wilding. So when I got to listen to his project, I was I, one. I got nervous, honestly, because I was like, "Damn, you didn't get no features on there." Right. Oh, I don't know how long I can like. You know what I mean? I think Quavo can... was on a song though. Quavo was on yeah. one song, and then it was another guy, um, Daytona something, mm-hmm. not Daytona from New York, but it was uh, is it Dakota? One of those. I can't remember. But it was like a, a singer, and um, he held held my attention. I listened to the whole, whole throw to some song I skipped, but this one in particular, I was like, "Holy shit, this is a hit." Yeah. It's gonna actually be like a, a legit like top forty joint, and it just sounds so fucking cool. It does, yeah. And so, yeah, I got I don't I got a spicy spicy take after this. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I don't. Yeah. 
Um, so Takeoff is actually my favorite Migo. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I did not like the Quavo album at all. So it's I was really too, right? championing. It was hella long. Right. And I listened to it twice just to make sure that I didn't like it. Because <laughs> I just don't want to be a hater off rip. Um, but with Takeoff, I just feel like, again, like what Manny said, he's so reserved mm -hmm. that that's where the intrigue lies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he he's not spouting off ad libs as much as Takeoff or Quavo. Uh, sorry, as Offset or Quavo. Um, but with this album, I feel like he just, you know, he really gets comfortable in, with who he is. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's really refreshing to see. He sticks to what he's good at. And he kind of takes some dips and turns like this. Um, and like other songs where he's like, there's one song he's like really melodic. Um, but he gives you what you want and he gives it to you good. Um, I don't know, that sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> not <to say> that. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna I, put that on the album cover. Yeah, <laughs> give it to you, gives you what you want, and Eight. gives it to you good. That sums up. That sums up Guevo. Take off album. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, we'll get into the last song. Vince Staples' a song called "Outside." This is Reed's pick. Mm. <laughs> it's a dope song. I think this whole album, the FM album, is Vince uh, catering to the fans in his own way. Mm. Like, even the song titles, like, then with the usage of the exclamation points, it's, like, fun, outside. <laughs> it's, like, him fucking with us, kind of, still. Mm -hmm. And the beats are super playful, and <laughs> Kenny beats. Um and, but I think he does, he still does his own thing, like with the lyrical stuff, it's still about what he wants to rap about. But I think this project is him, like, pleasing the fans after the kind of left-fieldness of Big Fish Theory. Mm. And so he, when he dropped this album, he um, announced that he has another one that's coming relatively soon. And I think that's going to be him doing more what he wants to do, mm -hmm. as whereas this one is kind of more in the summertime, 06, like what that album got a claim for and um and so i appreciate it i think it does sound like kind of something that would be on summertime 06 but it's it's always dope to hear vince do this because he's so good at it so i, okay. I like it yeah. man i can't top that man <laughs> that was a good take yeah, yeah. well-rounded um <laughs> he's got three more four more albums coming after this um uh, i'm interested to see which direction he takes each of them um but yeah, I like this. It's a bop. Man, oh. Vince is is just so great at being Vince, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially on Wax. What I loved about the album um, was that it was drenched in West Coast swag. I felt like I was from Cali mm -hmm. <laughs> listening to it. You had E40, Kamaya, mm -hmm. Ty Dolla Sign. Um, it was definitely one of my favorite projects thus far. Yeah, I I love Vince. I think he's like easily 
one of the best right now um, with anyone. Um, so listen to us come and then come back, like reach that to more of like a summertime 06 vibe. Um, I definitely appreciate it. And yeah, this is, this is a great song. Yeah. I'm really into it too. I love the whole album. I love just mm-hmm. Big Boy all throughout. It's mm-hmm. like really obvious device, but it just works really well. And and I think he's just the master of just fucking with people. Yeah. Like he mm-hmm. said, he's just like, new, brand new Taiga. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Whatever. I love it. He just trolls you while right. giving you good <laughs> shit too. And mm-hmm. he's like, this is, it just reminds me of like a homie that's just smart and also good at what yeah, they do. He is just you know? super smart, man. Word. Uh, we're going to get into our final segment of the evening, the spicy send-off, where we deliver spicy takes about shit. Yeah. <laughs> Start with Eric. Spicy. Start with Dan. Spicy. Eric, you go first. <laughs> Marlboro-themed Post Malone tour t-shirt. He gave this... To me for free. Edited listening. Oh, well, moi. Posty for life. What, what's, what's the phrase? We're flex, but okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're flex, but okay. <laughs> uh, I was going to do a post alone. It was like a spicy reveal, kind of. But I was just thinking about with all the shit going on with the Washington Post piece and everything. And what he's become as like this universal, um, what's the word for it? Like he's a guy that, he's so monotonous, kind of like it's never that great, but it's never that bad. But my reveal is that like when White Iverson dropped, I really like that song. Yeah. I listen to it all the time. Little, yeah. It's hella catchy. Yeah. What's yeah. it, Die Young is the other one? Yeah. yeah. That shit is great. Yeah. So what changed? I don't know. He has a way with melodies. I'm, yeah. It's either you like them or you don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like I think well that's the thing though is that he's so like middle of the road though yeah. like it's hard to feel any sort of way with some of his music his new music well I think some of the stuff like hits like it's his last project um better days is that it and it's like a rock feel and oh, I was like oh, beer bongs and Bentley yeah beer yeah. bongs and Bentley in a sync in a song I think it's called oh, better better days. Mm-hmm. better days I'm like that shit is good that shit is good and so I see the bad and I see the good. So I'm just no, like, uh, better now. Um, oh, better now. Better now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, better now. Excuse me. I'm like, I I can see both ways. Like I see why people may not trust him, um, but also see. I also think people probably give him a bad break because he is, like, you know. What I mean, I don't. He's he's a type. Of, he's an artist. Like, oh, I'm not a hip hop artist. I'm an artist artist, and he is also white and then he does you know it's just some of his music is like very like plain but i think you know i mean he's he's good just it's to some like hip-hop peers it's just culture vulturing like 101 you know just Mm -hmm. everything about it yeah just Mm, yeah I don't know. Yeah, I he doesn't s- sound like everyone else doing what they're doing. I just see, that I, would like, be culture vulture. Shit. Yeah, he's like I don't think he's. Thing. I don't think he's parading as himself to be a hip hop purist neither. Right. He's just like I just create music that I wanted to create, and it goes in between a lot of genres. Well, that's upset some people because he said that he has. He's kind of separated himself from hip hop. Yeah, he, like won't call himself a hip hop artist or and rapper. Some rap, most a lot of rappers do that too. I know a lot of black rappers who say that. Like I'm not a rapper. I'm an artist. Or yeah. Uh, I know a lot of artists who say that, and so right. that I want to be like an icon. Or yeah, a like just you know, and I yeah. I do understand why that that answer is bullshit because like you live in hip hop, so right. like it's okay, it's fine to be a hip hop artist. Um, 
But yeah, and also didn't read the whole piece. So I need to actually need to sit down and read the whole thing and see what um because Jeff is like an amazing writer and he's one of the most important writers right now. So I want to sit with it. But my personal opinion, I'm like uh, Post Malone was good, and then he's also bad. He makes good music, makes bad music. So I think for me, um, with Post, he's a hip hop artist. You know what I yeah. mean? He he understands um he understands what hip hop fans gravitate towards, especially the younger audience. Um, but at the same time, he's not really you know going in as a rap purist because he's also been influenced by the likes of like Johnny Cash yeah. and really reps that too. And, and he gets folky on his songs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also depends on, you know, which type of, if you ask a fan in rock or in hip hop, you're going to get different responses. But the fact of the matter is, is the dude is charting on billboard hot 100 yeah, and it's... that just makes him successful. And his songs are catchy as fuck. And also criticism on him isn't, sh- and- shouldn't be i don't feel like people just take shit too personal like jeff oh, wrote something that he felt he should write it so mm-hmm. well, that's, <clears throat> that's jeff weiss on the washington post Boom. washington post big Hold jeff on. my spicy take is tired of people Uh-oh. <laughs> period <laughs> that's it yeah no, there you that's, go. It. that's enough with the people already <laughs> People taking too long for shit. I'm thinking about Metro just taking like two years too long to drop a solo project. Mm. Thinking about Swizz taking like eight years too long to drop yeah. a solo project. I don't know, man. I just, it's hard to like keep up with that level of enthusiasm for an artist or a producer specifically to, to try to like be interested in, in what they're saying now. You know what I'm saying? And I think like one out of 10, one out of 20 times it lands. Like with the Carter Five, you're like, oh shit, that worked. But, Usually it's just fatigue by that point. You've been promoting some shit for years and I'm just not not excited. Devil's advocate. Go ahead. Is that the right saying? Yeah. Devil's yes. advocate? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just say it. But what, if, what about an artist who's just been dropping a lot of music, but they're all shit? Like mm. what, what if an artist mm. is, needs to take like, his time to like put out the, uh, something good or what he thinks is good? It's, t- it's top work. I prefer that. Like what? Metro's tape was Big Sean. Like, I like yeah, all those projects. Like you love that. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. not like I like that a lot. Spicy but did y'all there. like Metro Boomin's album that just dropped? No, he's talking about yeah. um, the uh, Big Sean joint. Yeah, yeah. but I'm uh, but I'm saying what was what was the verdict on the album he just dropped that kind of got eclipsed by everybody else almost. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> all heroes don't wear capes. <laughs> oh, Double or Nothing is what you like. Yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> but he had, so he had done all these projects with one rapper, right? Yeah, and so he was yeah. like dropping all these, and then by this was the last one in that string of projects, and it was yeah. Pretty... I guess I don't know. I'm just tired of people putting other priorities over their own mm. shit, especially when it comes to producers, because mm. then by the time they get to their project, it's just like you're sad. I don't really need to hear more from you, and yeah. I've heard so much from you, and I mean that's kind of the same thing as the Quavo thing. It's like I've heard you so fucking much over the past few years, and you've popped up everywhere. You prioritize this album last, and now it's just kind of a throwaway. Mm. So it's not that spicy of a take, but it's a take, mm. I guess. I'm still marinating on mine. Go to Manny. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think Takeoff's gonna have the best album out of the trio. Oh, I thought mm. you were about to say of the year. I was yeah. like, Ooh. oh no, I'm <laughs> that's spicy. I think when it's all said and done, you're gonna be like, oh, Takeoff album is pretty, pretty good. After not hearing Offset yet, I think, I think so, I think so. Mm. Um. And I totally could be wrong, but my I guess my gut feeling says take off out of when it's all done. Some people like, oh, I think I like that one. I think that's the one that's the best. Um, 
And then that hope maybe that's I wanna that change things, people's opinion of him. Because he's always like the other guy. Right. Um, but we'll see. Also listen to Fetty. Gibbs, mm. Currency, Alchemist. It's just that's like really that's like um equivalent to Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, <laughs> Big Three. That's it. I don't know if this is really a take take, but I want people to go back to taking their time listening to music. Yeah, I don't need people to give me their one listen opinions. No shots at Yo from DJ Booth because he does a phenomenal job of writing those things. Yeah, he kills it. But He's the only one I, listen. I know yeah. that. I mean, except Yo, with the exception of Yo. Yeah, I um, but I purposely stay away from Twitter on Thursday nights at midnight because. I just want to be able to form my own opinions mm -hmm. and listen to the music, live it, and then just go from there. Mm. You also stayed away from the reviews of A Star is Born until you saw it today. <laughs> yeah, I did. And what's your review now? Um, I bawled like a baby at the end. Um, I'm not going to give away any spoiler alerts, but I can see all the Oscars getting snatched. Mm. That's a spicy take. Mm. Question. <laughs> Does reviews matter anymore? Ooh. I don't think so. I was just thinking, like, is Rolling? I don't know if Rolling Stone does reviews, and they that used to be like the yeah, place. Now they do. They do, but so everything gets two and a half stars. Yeah, literally every album. Gets so I kind of, so kind of Pitchfork took the, the torch, but then I'm just like, this reviews like across the board matter anymore. Maybe to diehard fans of a certain publication, like if you go to a Hip Hop DX or if you go to a Rolling Stone and you, you know, swear that their reviews are like the holy grail mm -hmm. for music, and you use that as kind of like. Um, some as a as a as a way to dictate what new music you should listen to then maybe mm -hmm. but i mean people just review you know they tweet their own reviews nowadays yeah. and the shit's so accessible it's like it's so easy just to hit play as opposed to reading something and then being like am i gonna hit play mm -hmm. but i think there's a value read as a review writer and just yeah. writes dope shit about albums that just give you context mm -hmm. and, and you might be listening to it while you read it and be like oh this is some shit that i didn't know yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that is a specific kind of music fan i still like reading them i think it's less now about like a make or break thing holds way less weight for mm -hmm. the bands um but it's almost like a music nerd thing yeah. now mm -hmm. it's like someone who took a lot of time listening to this project um, and breaking it down every little piece of it and they give you context to it too um, And so there's like people that are Going really hard at like the critical aspect that have kind of gained notoriety online like um, The needle drop guy and mm -hmm. stuff like that who are just like insanely uh, Critical and stuff like that. So I still appreciate them just because like I'll, I'll listen to Avon, I'll, I'll really like it and then I'll go read a review afterwards because I want to like just read about it more mm -hmm. and the story of it and everything. So yeah, it's more of a, a nerdy thing, I think now than a, than mm -hmm. a big deal. Mm. It's like additional reading. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Something watch to it. nerd out when, like about the album too. Totally agree. All right. All right. Well, that's the show. Yeah. Episode eight. Thanks for having me guys. This is great. Adele, anything that you want to send off or people to follow you or any, um, I mean, people can find, I mean, I'm now going to be a West Coast transplant by the end of the month, mm. you know, born and raised in Queens all 29 years of my life. Mm. <laughs> so now I'm making the jump. Um, but if anybody wants to follow my journey to LA, you can find me at Adele Platon on all platforms. Nice. Okay. All right. That's our show. Thanks guys. Thanks y'all. <laughs>